to another episode of Think and Grow with your hosts, Dr. Z and Professor P. Super excited, you guys. Today, we are here with Victor Bonico Johnson, rising star. Yes, sir. <laughs> Happy to be here, man. Thank you so much for the invite. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to get right into it here. I'm looking at my sheet here. We got all these questions, you know, we want you to tell us a bit about yourself, but give us a brief account of your, you know, your job history and talk a little bit about how, you know, the whole real estate, real estate thing kind of came into play. And, you know, we've, we've done, like I was saying, in the, just prior to getting on here, I was saying, you know, we got a good idea, but just take it away. Sir. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for having me, Dr. Z, Professor P. I love what you guys are doing out here. Think and grow. That's just, I mean, you can't beat that, right? You got to think and then you ultimately can grow when you, if you have the right thoughts in your mind. And that's kind of been my journey. So um, I started out, I was living in Atlanta. I was born and raised in California, ended up moving to Atlanta my last year of high school where my dad and my siblings were. And um the plan was to go to Howard University after that and all this good stuff. Well, as soon as I got to Atlanta, if anybody's been to Atlanta, it's tons of beautiful women there. And at 16 years old, 17, I lost my mind and instantly started having kids in the, uh, you know, right out of high school type of thing. And so that directed me to go into the workforce. And it's funny you say your show is Think and Grow. That was around the time I literally read Think and Grow Rich. Um, not Napoleon Hill's version, but the Dr. Dennis Kimbrough version. So we can talk about that as well. But um, that led me into getting jobs. I met a couple guys that were in the call center world, and they were telling me how they were making these big bonus checks, which at the time, we're talking about early 90s, which at the time was, you know, man, I brought home a $1,500 bonus check on top of my pay. I'm like, whoa, that would help me feed the son, daughter that I got, right? So um it was something that around 21 years old, I started getting in the call center world. And um, I've always been ambitious and wanted to grow up the ladder. So I always studied the people ahead of the role that I was in. So if I was just a call center rep, I wanted to learn what the, how you got to be a team lead. When I got in a team lead, how did you become a supervisor and a manager and you know continued up that, that pathway? And I ultimately became pretty successful as far as advancing in the call center world, uh, all the way up to director level, ultimately. Um, there was a hiatus where I left the call center world uh, to become a music manager, meaning that I managed a singing group called Slick and Rose. We literally broke off uh, around the time I was 27, 28, and went to Japan on a tour. Uh, we released an album out there called Objects in the Mirror, but that's another life, another story, another interview. And when I got back, I realized I can't be this dad that has growing kids and I'm away from them. I'm really not bringing home the kind of money that I should be bringing home, especially if I'm going to be away that long. So I got back into the call center world. And that's really when my career accelerated. I was very focused, more mature at that point and got into that. Um, what that led to is in 2013, uh, a company that I was working with in Atlanta ended up um, 
saying, telling us that, hey, we're shutting down. It just costs too much for us to continue this business. And my job at that time was to kind of meet with our competitors to see if they wanted to buy our remaining loan, you know, our book of business. And so yeah. one of those people that I met with was a young lady who was with a company called Easy Court based out of Austin, Texas. And ultimately they declined the book of business, but she said, hey, you're ambitious. Sounds like you're going to need a job here in a couple months. So we'd love to talk to you about that. And that's what got me from Atlanta to Austin, Texas. Um, there's a whole journey around that that I kind of talk about in my book, Proven Pathways to Wealth and Happiness. You guys got it. Thank you so much for that support. But it, it goes in deeper about that whole journey, uh, which I think a lot of people will grow from and, and, and love to hear, hear about. But going from Atlanta to Austin, I basically... We sold the house that we had in Atlanta, my wife and I, Latasha Johnson's my wife, and we took whatever little bit of money we got from the proceeds of the sale and paid off our debt, a little bit of debt that we had, which um, was a powerful move. But I also had a double increase in my salary with this new job. So I'm out of debt and I'm, in, I'm, I'm earning increased dollars. And I didn't want to go back to that space where I didn't, you know, I was in debt, low credit score, all that kind of stuff. And I started listening to radio shows, you know, um, and there was a radio show that came on and there was a commercial. One of their sponsors was talking about, hey, do you want to learn earn money from passive income from uh, rental properties? And so yeah. we went to this little hotel thing, you know, they did the presentation. And instead of paying thousands and thousands of dollars to become a successful real estate investor, we took the two-day course, we took copious notes, and we became real estate investors in 90 days. And so that's how we got into it. Um, there's tons of stuff that I'm sure you guys can ask from that. But that's the journey, ultimately, that took me from a young man, immature, you know, father that turned into a professional real estate investor, at least the starting phase of it. Yeah, that's really amazing. I mean, being a dad at the age of 16, especially being African-American, I mean, to take that. Well, to take that responsibility, it sounds like you took responsibility, you took ownership of the fact that you're going to take care of your kids. What what really drove that or, or what really helped you to see beyond and make a different choice, even at that young age? Well, I appreciate the recognition there. Um, at that age, um, I was, so again, I moved from, a, from California where my, my mom raised me to Atlanta where my dad had another family. And so though my dad was involved in my life at the younger years, he was not present there. He wasn't physically there for me. And that kind of impacted me, right? You know, not being able to, hey, go to this father-son things together and, you know, just have those face-to-face -face conversations. Again, he was involved. We talked there back then, you were sending letters back and forth to people and not emails. And um, it just was a different, upbringing. And I just, um, I just realized that, you know, in fact, my daughter was the first one to come along to Jindy. And I realized that I needed to be a father for her. Um, and, you know, as much as I could be present, I wanted to be present. And that was important to me. Yeah. So tell us more about Zelda touched on it, right? About this maturity at such a young age. And also, I wanted to uh, just acknowledge this incredible visionary you develop this forward seeing thinking visioning and also developing these skills on really you know 
preparing yourself to put yourself in position at an early age. It's very impressive. Thank you. Uh, so my mom, I got to give credit to her, Valerie K. Lewis. She um, has always been entrepreneur minded. Um, and, you know, she was always there. You know, she always wanted to have the best for her son. You know, I'm her only child, not my father's, but I'm for sure her only one. So I give her tons of credit. The letters that I got from my dad, he was a, a well-read gentleman. So his his writing was always, you know, very clear and, and concise and uh, a little bit further than I, I was advanced. And so I always had to get a dictionary sometimes to find. It was always, he would <laughs> he would intentionally put three or four words in there that he knew that I would have to look up. So I give him credit from that side of things. And then I was also part of a youth group um, in the Bay Area in San Francisco called the Omega Boys Club, Dr. Joseph Marshall. He's on LinkedIn and he's still 30 years later uh, mentoring young men into great young men. And he put me in a position that made me very uncomfortable where I had to speak to other young men my age and even some older about how to be better leaders in our community. Uh, he would send me to juvenile centers to talk to kids that were from my neighborhood or other neighborhoods. Um, and just about, hey, look, man, you're here, but you don't have to stay here. This doesn't have to be your, your journey. And, you know, those type of things really made a positive impact on my thinking. And it just made me want to be somebody that made an impact on others. Uh, for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, so you cracked the code on the career, right? You're <laughs> nailing it, you're getting bonuses, and you're like, I'm good at this, whatever. Yeah. Right? I know you're a humble guy, you wouldn't say that, but in your mind, you're thinking these things, which we need to have confidence, right? So then tell us about how this whole real estate, you said, you you know, let's keep rolling on that. Let's see, you did the two-day course. It's interesting. We're in real estate. I learned how to flip houses. I took the cheaper route too. I paid, you know, I, I was like, my heart was pumping, Victor, uh, you know, when I threw <laughs> down that check for six grand, you know, to learn how to flip yeah. houses. It's, yeah. it's nerve-wracking, isn't it? So It is nerve-wracking, yes. <laughs> well, uh, kudos to you, uh, Professor P, because my journey started with a $500 check <laughs> or a $500 swipe. We went to the seminar at the hotel that I mentioned from the radio show that we heard, and it was just my wife and I at the time, and we went, and of course, they gave a very, very great presentation about what the future could look like if we were to start investing in rental properties. They specifically were focused on rental property investing and not some of the various other ways that you could invest. And so it seemed doable. It just seemed like, you know, the average person could get by. And as you stated already, Professor P, I didn't see myself as an average person. I always saw myself as an above average thinker, at least, and, and an action taker. So um, my wife and I, you know, there was a point where they're saying, OK, this is the end of the presentation. You know, you either got to dump or get off the pot. Right. So to speak. And so <laughs> uh, we uh, took a moment, held each other's hands, walked outside, said a brief prayer. And hey, is this is this something that we want to do? And. Uh, about 10 minutes later, I swiped the card and I didn't see it as a cost. I saw it as an investment. And at that moment, I literally told myself, hey, I just spent money on this. I am a professional real estate investor. No, I don't have any doors yet, but this is the mentality I had to take if we were going to be successful in it. And so we went to the class. Um, we were living in Austin, Texas at the time, but uh, we the course was down in um, San Antonio, Texas which was actually much better market to invest in as far as cost. So, um, you know, again, we spent the two days, eight, eight hours a day, learning what we needed to learn, taking the notes, getting the workbooks, 
And then, of course, at the end of each day, there's the opportunity to invest larger, uh, move faster, if you will. And we said, no, I think we got what we need here. And Monday morning, we were, you know, we had our checklist of things that we wanted to do. Um, within 30 days, we actually secured a deal under contract. And within 60 days from that point, we had closed on it. We had a rehab team put, putting in work, getting the place up to speed. And within two weeks after that, we had our very first tenant. We were officially landlords. So May 31st, May 30th or somewhere around there is when we took the class. And by September 15th, we had a tenant in our first rental property. And that was a huge move for us because it let us know that we could do, we could create our future self. We could do things that we wanted to do just by taking daily actions, um, by having a clear cut outline of where we wanted to go and believing, you know, and which is pretty much the premise of my book, Proven Pathways to Wealth and Happiness is just having a clear goal, visualize it, write it down, take the steps and believe, right? And then, you know, go go hard as heck as you can to make it a reality for yourself. And don't worry about what the, the all of the big steps are, just take the next step, you know, and then the next step and that kind of thing. And so long story short, two years later, um, we, we ultimately had two different tenants within that two year window of time, but the market was favorable for us down in San Antonio. Um, it's a military town. So we always had tenants available for us. Um, we were able to refinance, take some of that money to purchase another rental property. And then kind of a bad thing turned into a blessing. It was uh, my grandmother who lived in San Francisco. And mm -hmm. in 2017, at 93 years old, she passed away. And mm. um, she had, you know, a will together and everything and three kids. And somehow she thought it was important to write me into that. And so mm. I did get an inheritance, not nothing huge, but enough to you know, do something for my kids um, and invest in some rental properties. And of course, get ahead on some household things and things like that. And that's pretty much where it, it really kind of accelerated. We were able to pick up a couple more rental properties and the journey was on. Now, you know, I, so I, I love your story because the, it looks like it just keeps on rising up and up <laughs> and up. Um, but I know just, I took a look at your book and I know there were, even before you bought your first rental prop property, prior to that, you'd had several, you know, different jobs and you would, you would, you would be showing a lot of potential. And then it was like, you'd walk in the next day. And can you talk about that and how that kind of spurred you on actually then to get into real estate? So thank you so much, Dr. Z for saying that, because that is really the impetus, if you will, that was like, okay, I keep getting laid off or these jobs keep, these companies keep going out of business. You know, coming from the call center world, there's always venture capitalists that will invest in these companies. They're looking for these certain margins. And if those margins aren't hit, then they're out of there. And so there's always a huge rift or a reduction in force or complete shutdown. And I found myself in the beginning of my career uh, on the, the tail end of that because I wasn't even getting severance pay in mm. the first two opportunities. And, and in one, they stole my vacation hours. It's like, ah, get yeah. out of here. You're gone. You know? And so I'm <laughs> expecting a check for a certain amount. And there was, yeah, maybe I got 25% of that. And I'm like, Oh my God. So, you know, those are emotional moments in your life, especially when you're still raising, you know, kids and you got a wife and, you know, you're, you're kind of 
check to check in it, right? So each check becomes super critical. Um, and so as I kind of moved up the ladder, uh, I put myself in position to earn severance checks. Um, the move from Atlanta was one where the company was going out of business, but I didn't stay to the very end at that company where I would have gotten a severance check, but the months building up to that, he, he put us in a unique situation where we were able to kind of make a lot more money than we were making, you know, with the full staff there. So yeah. that helped a lot. And then of course, selling the house, you know, really built some things up, but the move to Austin, um, I was with this company, Easy Corp and they, their, their main stay is pawn stores. They, they have thousands of pawn stores across the country and somewhere along the line, they created a loan division and mm -hmm. I was part of the loan division and running their, you know, auto title division. And so there, of course, we had to recover cars or repo cars. And then I had to manage selling those cars through the auction process or some other means. And mm -hmm. my division was awesome. We were kicking butt. I'm developing people. We we're creating great processes and efficiencies. And, um, you know, our numbers were year over year better than the last. Uh, it was some of the other divisions that were not performing mm -hmm. and it cost the company to where they decided to shut down the loan division. And so I got a, a severance for that, but that was probably the point where I said, mm, this is not going to keep happening to me. I cannot yeah. go into my fifties and sixties and don't know if the next day I got a job or not. And so um, that's where I decided to invest in the rental properties. And it was actually right before the shutdown of that division. And they allowed us a lot of flexibility knowing that we were look, people were looking for new jobs well, I wasn't looking for a new job. I was driving back and forth to uh, yeah. San Antonio, getting my rental property together. So nice. that was a, a unique situation for me. But that's really what drove um, my motivation. That was one of my whys is like, I don't want to be in a situation where I got to depend on my W-2 for the rest of my life. Yeah, it sounds like the career struggles were that constant roller coaster ride you found yourself on, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that was your biggest struggle with that. What do you think your biggest struggle was getting into breaking into real estate? So getting, I tell people, you know, really getting going on it to where you gain some traction, gain some momentum. Well, I will say this, that, um, and I kind of touch on it in the book as well, but both of my grandmothers were into real estate in some form or fashion. So my mm. dad's mom lived in upstate New York. Um, she wasn't a single mom or, or mom or wife, but she she had a husband that was not doing very well. He he drunk a lot, um, mm. so much to the point where, you know, his co-workers would call her to come pick up his check. Otherwise, he wouldn't make it home with any money. Um, and so she decided in the 60s to invest in quadruplexes or fourplexes mm. in upstate New York. So in her final days or weeks, um, I had an opportunity to talk with her and she told me one of the things I, that stood out to me is son, get you some real estate, get you some real estate, yeah. you know? So yeah. that, that was one thing. And then my grandmother on my mom, I owned, purchased her home in San Francisco in 1961 for $21,000. And <laughs> at one point it was worth $1.2 million. Wow. But, uh, at her passing, it was worth just shy of a million. So mm -hmm. I, I saw there how to build legacy through her example um, I was the guy looking at all of the overnight shows, the Carlton sheets and all of that back in the late nineties of how to buy yeah. your first rental property with no money down. And I just was scared, yeah. man. I, I thought I was too black, too, too poor, 
too poor credit score. Uh, nobody's going to sell me real estate in my 20s as, you know, all of those things going on. But I could have done it a long time ago. So yeah, I just sounds got like to your a- mindset needed a little bit of uh, work, right? Absolutely. You know, uh, you know, when the student arrives, the teacher is there. Yeah. I don't know how the yeah. saying goes, but you get what I'm saying. So right. um, I took all of those things, plus this knowledge that we got in that little weekend in, in San Antonio and just very determined to make it happen. Um, and of course, I didn't stop the learning there. I had some mentors along the way, some people that poured into me and my wife that thought that we were serious enough and they they saw that an investment of time was worth well, was worth it, you know, and yeah. there's so many people out there, you can call them angels, mentors, but there are people out there that are looking to help others. And that's really what we're all here for, right? We're here to serve others. And right. I just, I feel like that's the purpose that I also have now is to help other people to get through those sticking points so that they can accomplish, even if it's not real estate, but you know, whatever their passion is. And, and that's a big part of what I do as a mentor and a coach. But um, what really accelerated things was, of course, being able to acquire more rental properties and then learning how to leverage uh, improving the values, refinancing, putting that money in strategically into the next deal and, and the next deal and just being uh, more strategic and intentional about the steps that I've taken. So I think that's really you know, Professor P, what got things kind of on that escalated scale. Now, listen, I'm not here to sell anybody any dreams. There are downtimes. There are deals that don't go the way that you expect. Right. Um, this past year, I've had one where at, because of the shift in the interest rates and the underwriting uh, going a little bit uh, tighter, where I wasn't able to cash out. You know, everything yeah. that we did was right, but I didn't cash out. So that put me in a tough spot, you know, mm. so you got to be willing to, to, to shift and, you know, adjust yeah. and just keep that positive mindset every day that it's just a learning. This is part of the learning. We're going to keep on moving. And I have to say too, as a, as the landlord, <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Wait for it. <laughs> so I jumped into the real estate game too, because I've got a medical back, background, but I was like, I was the same way too. I was like, I wanted to start building a real estate you know, mogul, what, what they call, whatever they call it. Mm -hmm. But I jumped in and, and actually I do want to talk to you, talk to you about your community development. Cause, cause I, I started with the, in the Milwaukee market. Um, and maybe they weren't, I don't know what you'd say, but there, maybe there were tough, kind of tougher neighborhoods mm -hmm. that I was in and, um, doing it by myself. I hadn't met professor P at that time, <laughs> but I had some, um challenging um tenants <laughs> <laughs> to say the least oh wow yeah so yeah. what were you, were you did you encounter many struggles just with managing your rentals the evictions any of that did you have to go through any of that um <laughs> well i gotta say anyone who's had any amount of time in landlording has got their own story at least one and so <laughs> we've got a couple ourselves um so we did have a tenant uh, in a city called Converse, Texas, which is just outside of San Antonio. And, you know, we have a pretty uh, smooth screening process. And, uh, you know, we, we vet out the people that are coming in. But part of it, too, is why we wanted my wife and I wanted to do this is to be in a position where we could help people that may not have otherwise qualified somewhere else. Right. And so we're kind of judging character. 
as well as your finances and, and things like that. And so we had a young lady who started out very well, um, but she ran, she was a hair stylist, you know, whatever you want, hairdresser or something down there and running her own business, doing very well. But she, she needed some other uh, life lessons about financial management. And so her money got short one time. And so we got through a full year with no challenges. And where I realized there was a problem was we wanted to renew her lease and she mm. kept having these reasons why she couldn't, she couldn't print out the lease. You know, there was a lot of stuff going on. She, oh, I didn't get the mail. I'm like, we sent it all kinds of ways. And we were living in Dallas at the time. So we were trying to find ways to get her to, anyway, that the turned old, out to the be. Old, my dog ate the lease kind of stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. So she's paying her rent, but she wasn't renewing the lease. And then the last two months she couldn't get, get it together. So we had to evict mm. and, um, when we went down there to take a look at the house, I mean, I don't know how you break toilet seats, toilet commodes, but they were broken and oh. there was a lot of stuff left behind and it was just a mess. Um, we had another one in Kansas City, uh, one that we do with my mom and she did not, my mom did not allow us to go through our true vetting process. So mm. it was just all heart and and can't always do landlording with just your heart. And, right. you know, that worked out for a few months. And then that guy, him and his probably eight dogs completely wow. demolished that house. And so you can imagine what kind of work we had to do there. But, you know, again, they're all part of the lessons. And hopefully you, you can get out of there without spending too much of, of your savings. Well, can <laughs> so, you tell us about your development work? I know um, I wanted to just talk a little bit about that. So I am a newer developer as far as from ground up. So this past year, we've had the opportunity to learn a lot about um, how to, you know, acquire land um, and use public and private partnerships. So meaning get the city involved with some of the financing, use some of the local banks, and of course your investor teams. Um, and one project that we were very proud of, so and, and still kind of in the development phase is uh, we were looking to do 17 single family houses in a city called Glen Heights um, oh. here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Um, and the whole premise around that was, you know, out of the 17, we wanted to do seven of them as affordable housing. And that's kind of the way that you can bring in the city, right, is to, you know, make sure that you're meeting certain uh, either workforce development needs or affordable housing needs. And, you know, I guess that's a lesson for anybody who hears this podcast or, or, you know, is able to listen into this is that, you know, find ways to work with your planning and zoning department. Um, you know, there's already a vision for the city. So if you can find a way to, that your plans can meet their plans, then you'll, you'll get a lot more funding out of, of that situation. And then of course, um, I, I love sharing about the CRA funding out there. So Community Reinvestment Act. Uh, mm. of 1977, uh, you know, that's something where local banks have to uh, invest in the cities in which they are chartered. Mm. And so, again, if you can tap into that, but that's the goal for 2023 is to, you know, find some partnerships where we can acquire more land, find ways to develop more affordable housing. That's the huge push in almost every city across the country right now. And so that's something we're really passionate about. And I'll say that 2022 is more of the educational phase for us to learn what we needed to learn about engineering and all the different yeah. things that go into the development from ground up. And so that's Prepare something we're really looking yeah. at this year. Preparing yeah. yourself to put yourself in position, do your yes. homework first, and then. Absolutely. You know, there's one a thing, lot of moving parts. Yeah. 
Yeah, yes, sir. One thing I'd like for you to touch on, Victor, is Dr. Z and I, we make an incredible team. And what we've learned after 11, 12 years of being together is we're very like-minded. We did that, you know, the bank code thing with you and our codes are very yeah. similar. So what we've noticed for us is we feed off of one another. We're very supportive of one another, you know, and that is extremely important. You've been talking about your your lovely wife, Latasha, yeah. right? Yes. And how you guys are this team. So tell us more about how that team has really helped you guys prosper and got you on this path of multimillionaireism. <laughs> well, I got to give her a bigger chunk of the credit than myself, right? Because she has really been the rock. She's so if I'm the outgoing and bringing all these creative ideas and visionary to the to the house she's the one that says hey let's analyze it let's look at yeah. the numbers let's see where where this thing really makes sense right and so um she has been a huge rock support intellect and yeah you're right it's like you know being able to kind of fit the puzzle together um i just i can't give her enough credit for that and i think everyone should have a team, whether it's your spouse or some other partner that you're working with that is, has those opposite skill sets or personality traits of you, because, you know, I can go out and, and, and find tons of opportunities for us, but they're not going to always be the right move, or maybe they don't fit into our, our actual plans number wise. Right. And so having somebody who can be process driven, analytical, and look at things from that prism is, is absolutely critical in the success of a business. And so um, I, I, I certainly love what you guys did with the bank code. Um, you know, there's tons of those type of personality assessments out there, right. but that's probably one of the ones that I've seen is the most easiest to comprehend, easy to use. And so uh, kudos to you all for utilizing that, that uh, metric. Thank you. One of the things that we have here is what what would you what piece of advice would you give to a young Victor, maybe another 16 year old that maybe he's had some struggles in his life, but he's still looking to really create something powerful and, you know, do something in the world. What what advice would you give for him? I honestly, would, and I love that you said that because that's part of what I do here in the, in the Dallas area is we have a create your future self youth program. Okay. And, you know, I'm able to go into schools and we do a summer program. But one thing that we are always telling these young folks is about find a way to find your true passion, your true passion, not what your best friend's passion is for you, not what mom and dad want you to do, but what you truly enjoy doing. And then the other part is, you got to be disciplined every single day. You're either doing activities that are taking you closer to that or pulling you away from that. And it's not that, you know, scrolling on TikTok and Instagram or whatever it is that you love to do is going to get you closer. <laughs> it's that you've got to find the people that are going to pour into you and, and really help you to become the person that you're capable of being. Um, you're not there today at 16 or 17, but there's a person 10, 20 years from now that you want to become, and it's not always going to be achieved by you hanging out with folks that think you're cool or, you know, that, that like the way that you dress. You know, a lot of times it's going to be the people that are completely opposite of that. And so we talk to kids about 
trying to find their true passion that they, the things that they're doing even today that they love, and then daily put in the work to develop that skill set and, and to be okay with being uncomfortable. You know, it's not, you're not right. going to always be comfortable in life. And to be honest with you, the success that whatever you achieve, uh, you perceive success to be is usually going to come from you being uncomfortable a lot of times in your life and going right into that fear and discomfort and being able to come out on the other side, being the person that you're capable of being. Right. So you've got this, what I like to refer to as we've talked about it off, off air and uh, here it comes, Triple M mindset monday man i'm like yeah here comes triple m with another mindset mindset monday mindset that's pretty good monday. right because that's kind of how you do it right you're like hey everybody it's mindset monday yep, kind of like i said uh, monday like yes, a buffer a little bit there <laughs> right yes yes tell us about that how that how did you get started on that how long have you been doing it and just tell us more about that i really love it so Mindset Monday is a, a basically a post that I do uh, on LinkedIn, Facebook, sometimes on Instagram, on my YouTube channel, Create Your Future Self. Um, it's just something that was created to help people start their week off, to get going, to be motivated, to, you know, whatever their mindset is or the goals that they have for themselves, you got to have the right mindset and mentality around it. And so Mindset Monday came actually out of um, some mentor that I was talking to that was like, hey, you, you need something that you're consistently giving value to people uh, out in the world so they can see that you're not just a salesman trying to sell a course or your book or a real estate course or something like that. You actually pour value into people. And so uh, I've been doing it since... Um, Probably about the about around this time, 2018 is actually when I released the book Proven Pathways to Wealth and Happiness. Mm -hmm. And within two weeks of that, I was posting on Mondays um, mm -hmm. a different mindset trait. I had every I actually had two other things. I was doing Mindset Monday, uh, Wealthy Wednesdays, mm -hmm. and then I was doing Finance Fridays. And so <laughs> it was all of this stuff, but I just realized that I was more resonating with Mindset Monday, and yeah. um, I found myself forcing the the Wellness Wednesday and uh, Wealthy Wednesday and the Finance Friday stuff, and and yeah. Mindset Monday is just all around get your mind right. Let's go into this week with the right attitude. You do have what it takes. You can be the person you want to be. It's your time. That was like one of my big ones, and it just started catching on, and probably a few months in. I wasn't sure if I was making a lot of traction with it or not. And then I stopped a little while and I had people coming out the woodworks like, man, what happened to your mindset Monday, man? I, I rely on that. It's like, <laughs> oh my God. So, I, you know, that's when I realized this statement that I say on here, I haven't copywritten it yet, but I'm saying it is from the mouth of Victor Vanico Johnson is yes. not everybody who's liking is looking and not everybody who's looking is liking. So mm, that's yeah. something just just do your thing and don't worry about right. who's acknowledging you on social media and that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's a great point because, you know, I've just taken up posting recently because we're gearing up and we're launching this, you know, you're going to be on in February, we're launching in January and all that. And I'm putting posts out there, you know, and I'm like, podcast. I'm not getting many likes, but I always in my mind, Victor, I'm always thinking, you know what, people are seeing this. Yeah. 
And we were doing some Facebook lives a while back and we'd bump into people and they'd be like, we had different parts and I'd do silly stuff like uh, weather report, you know, oh, it's sunny out, you know, just, just fun stuff to make it entertaining. Yeah. You You can't take yourself too serious, man. Nobody really cares. Right. I mean, like just be yourself. That's why each of us, everybody who's ever lived this planet and who will ever live this planet has a different fingerprint. That means you have a different personality, a different person. God does not want us to all be the same individual. So don't take yourself too serious. Just do you. And somebody is going to love what you're doing. Right. Well, Victor, what's coming up for you because next? Because you are involved in so many different things. You have your courses. You have your mentorship. You have your coaching. You have your real estate investing. You have a crystal ball that has your future. I'm throwing you a softball here, right, my friend? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So something about the future, the future I, re- I recall some, hearing him say something about the future. Yes, future sir. Self. Create your future self. <laughs> That's right. Create your future self. We all have that ability, right? So what the future holds is, well, you never know truly, but what activities am I putting out there um, to help the world? And so definitely, I love speaking. I love professionally speaking and being keynote. So, uh, you know, folks out there who perceive value in what I've been talking about here, whether it's from the mentality, the mindset, or from the real estate investing things. I want to get out in front of your audiences. Uh, I have a specific goal to impact 250,000 people in 2023 on live or virtual stages by the end of the next year. Um, You know, I'm a paid speaker, but I do want to get out and just pour whatever value I can to people and help them go to the next level. So that's Number one, right? Mm-hmm. Number two is being more present, honestly, for my wife, my kids, and now I have two grandkids. I have mm-hmm. a one and a half year old and a three year old. So putting myself in a position to where um, I am creating systems around my business business that allow me to have the freedom to travel because you know my family is kind of in different places on on this globe. So mm-hmm. uh, I just want to be able to be there for them, and so and I want to create you know, at least a couple dozen more successful real estate investors out there um, through my proven system of the things that I've done. So, you know, I don't call it shameless plug anymore because I put in the work, I I put in the 10,000 hours or more of professional work to be a successful real estate investor. But if anybody wants to, you know, learn how to take the steps that I have to get rental properties, go to victorvjohnson.com. I'd love to work with you. If you're serious about getting out there and you want to move faster, I do have some tools and resources to help people get to the next level. Yeah. What else? What else you got for us? Go ahead. Plug away here because we're here to support you because we love what you're doing. You know, I said to Zelda a few years back, I'm like, I'm ready for my legacy, make a difference mode. And this is it. Bringing, meeting people like you, doing shows like this to get it, you know, out there so that more people have an opportunity to live that life they truly hope thank you thank you well i appreciate this opportunity it's a great conversation we're having um you know again you'll you'll be able to get the book either through my own website or you can go to amazon it's out there as well but there are also i love it thank you so much uh (laughs) you may have noticed the shirt 555 equity that is our real estate investing uh firm and and Mm -hmm. development arm so Um, There are a lot of people who were like me that were corporate career folks have built up a little bit of a nest egg in their 401k or IRA, but 
but they're not seeing the returns that they want. And so, you know, we love to work with and frustrated IRA and 401k investors that mm. want to put their money into safe cash flowing investments. Um, and of course, again, 2023 is all about the development side. So building communities. And then there is one thing that's a passion project for me. And I am part of um, a called a group called King's Accountability Group. Mm. Um, it is a 501c3. It's our nonprofit um, that I'm, I actually serve as a treasurer of this nonprofit. And mm -hmm. we help, honestly, we help black men and brown men across the country to um, personal development, personal development. We help them to become the best version of themselves, be better fathers, be better husbands, be better business owners. And that is something that we've had for four years, but just in 2022, we became a 501c3. So we are very eager to, um, be a pass-through for those who want to invest their dollars in strong families, strong communities, um, you know, small business owners. Um, King's Accountability Group.org is a way that you can definitely uh, be a, a great vessel for us to grow the community and that side of things. So those are things I'm involved with. Man. And of course, lastly, Latasha Johnson, she is my top producing realtor here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. If you're looking to relocate to the Dallas area, hit her up. Latasha Johnson. She's with EXP Realty. Another, another rising star. We may have another rising star. Is she an introvert? Would she come on the show? Uh, yeah. She's done we've done some podcasts together. Um I think okay. she'd be okay with talking to you guys, but I'll leave that up to her to make the decision. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sounds like a definite maybe. Definite maybe. <laughs> All right, guys and gals, we're going to leave it there for today. Super, super having you on. Wow, where did the time go, right? <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Victor. Thank you for your words of wisdom. Yeah, yeah. And just um, dropping those gems that is right, so right. so powerful and just sharing from your, your life's, life's journey. Well, I got to say, Dr. Z, Professor P, folks out there need to share, share, share the Think and Grow podcast. This is the kind of information that needs to be out there. You know, instead of scrolling, share this kind of stuff with your folks and, and help other people grow, think and grow. So, again, I applaud you all for what you're doing as well. Well, thank you. We, we really appreciate it. Appreciate it. And as always, thank you in advance. Just thinking and growing and learning and knowing and thinking and growing and learning and knowing, yeah. Just thinking and growing and learning and knowing and thinking and growing and learning and knowing, yeah. Yeah, with thinking. And growing and learning and knowing and thinking and growing and learning and knowing. Yeah. With thinking and growing and learning and knowing and thinking and growing and learning and knowing. Yeah. I was thinking and growing. And learning and knowing and thinking and growing.